0: Turn over to John 18. We're going to continue on into the trial of Jesus. Last week we talked about his arrest, and we've been, for you guests this morning, we've been preaching through the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we've been seeing that develop and unfold all throughout the book of John as he showed us who he was and how much he loved us and what he had come to do, and we are standing now on the threshold as we look in John 18. We're looking, standing on the threshold of his crucifixion that will happen in just a mere hours in time here as you were reading. Last week we talked about his arrest. We talked about how they came to take and bind him up, and nothing that was done, nothing that will be done, was done without the uh, allowing of God to them to do that. Nothing was done that Jesus wasn't expecting Nothing was done that he was surprised by. Everything was done as just the Father had planned it. And we'll see that reiterated out throughout our scriptures today. Last Sunday night, we talked about Peter's denial. And uh, let me just encourage you. I know a lot of you are busy, but, man, come on back to Sunday Night Alive with us. You actually get to talk back to the preacher. And and really, you can do that anytime. If you want a question there in the morning, I don't care. But uh, we talk back. We share some things. They They teach me things I don't. I don't know it all, believe it or not. That's Dana. I don't know it all. But they teach me some things. We teach each other. And it's just a great time to, to come. So come on back if you can at 5 o'clock. But we talked about Peter's denial. And so now I want to go to the verse thirteen, um, verse 19 of chapter 18. And we're going to start the, the trial of Jesus. And there was two trials going on. Actually, he would be have go through six different trials during the night. This was all overnight. And... As we read Sunday night, the, Peter denied the Christ for the third time and the rooster crowed. So we know it about this time the sun is starting to come up and all this is kind of going and, and John's kind of jumping around and showing you uh, some of the trial and some of Peter's denial and then we go back to the trial. And, and so there's, there's about six different people that he comes before, some of the same people, but it's over and over and over. And this first trial that we're going to read about is the religious trial. This was by the Sanhedrin court. They were the ruling religious body of the time. What they said went when it came to anything to do with the church, the temple, God, through the the word of God, the books of law, any religious thing, what the Sanhedrin court said, that was gospel. And so they were the ones that... and, And you'll see as we read today, the curiosity here is, here was the men that preached God on a regular basis... And here the Son of God is standing before him, and all they can think to do is to kill him. That's all they want to do is put him to death. And it's just, it's just amazing to me where they can, and I talked about this Sunday night, they memorized, they were required to memorize by memory the first five books of law, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And those are some of the hardest books in the Bible, and they were required to memorize that. And you think about that, and they knew about God, and they knew about a becoming Messiah, and they knew all the prophecy that would happen, that he would come from the seed of David, and, and all those things, and here he stands before them, and all they can do is spit on him, and slap him, and, and wish he was dead, and, and prod the crowd on to crucify him, crucify him. They just want him out of their life. And I think the main reason, guys, was that they, he spoke the truth, and this world does not want to hear the truth. Here we are 2,000 years later and we still get angry when we hear the truth sometimes. All the things going on in this world, all the things happening in this world, people do not want to hear the truth. It drives them crazy. If it's not the way they think the truth are to be, they, they just get angry. Well, don't tell me I'm wrong. Don't judge me. You don't have a right to judge me. Don't be talking about me. And the truth just, it just punches you in the face. And it did these guys. It did these Sanhedrin rulers. They were there in their fancy robes and all these things. And they thought they had it all together. And Jesus just tore all that away. And aren't we glad he did? Amen? Aren't we glad he did? Let's read together this morning. John 18, verse 19. And we'll work our way down through this morning. This is the religious side of the trial. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Now this high priest was probably still Annas. Now Annas was the father-in-law of Caiaphas. Caiaphas would be the one that you see in the movies, of The Passion of Christ. He would later go before Caiaphas. If you look over in the Luke, you'll see that part of the trial. We won't get to that this morning. But Annas was the high priest from last year. Caiaphas was the high priest this year that Jesus was crucified. And so it's kind of like any living president, we still call him president, okay? Any living high priest, they would still call him high priest. So more than likely, he's before Annas first, and then he will go before Caiaphas. Now, he asked him, what about his disciples, his teaching? And here we see the speaking of Jesus. I love the red letters of our Bible. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in the synagogues or at a temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. Jesus is saying this. He said, I didn't do anything and I didn't we didn't go over and hide somewhere. We didn't go in night and and in the darkness, kind of like you're trying me right now. He could have said a hundred things to just kind of really prod at him. But he stayed with the gospel. He stayed with his intention of coming. And he said, we didn't go hide. I, I preached in the temple. I was in the synagogues where you guys were. I was right out there in the open. I was open with it. And all the Jews gathered around. Why do you question me about my teachings? You know them. You know them. And he just kind of hits them with the truth. Look how they respond. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? Man, the anger. Can you feel the anger? Guys, I'm telling you, this week, and I know we all got kind of to get to a whole different level when it comes to ball and everything, you know. We want our team to win. But, I mean, I've been spending a whole week with, with our 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th grades tournament. Me and Danny worked that all week. And then we went to basketball last night. And you know what I've concluded from a week of basketball? We are a mad bunch of people. We are a mad bunch of people. Why are we so mad? I, I promise you, I think people pay their money at the gate to come and yell at the two guys in the striped shirts. Over five days, I'd never heard one thing. Come on, girls. Good job, girls. Boy, we're proud of you. Come on, team. Go coats. Go Lions or whatever. No, it was, what are you doing? You're killing me. Why don't you call a foul? Why don't you let them play? Why don't you be fair? Why don't you call all the fouls on them? It's just screaming. And it's not just kind of like this. I wish they'd call a better game. It's screaming. All of a sudden, we look up last night, here goes the police officers, and then they're up there duking it out, man. And I'm sitting there going, why are we so mad? Why are we so angry? It's like we sit home all week and pin all this up, and we go, and it's like a a session with Dr. Phil, and we're just going to scream at somebody. And they were just like this. These people were mad, and they didn't know what they were mad about. They screamed and prayed for the Messiah to come. Every Jewish girl prayed that she would be the mother of the Messiah. They longed for it. They looked for it. Here he stood before him and all they could do was slap him in the face. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? Folks, do you see our need for a Savior? Do you see our need for a Jesus that can change everything? And he can, shake, he can take the anger out of our heart. And he can replace it with peace. And he can replace it with love and mercy. Guys, listen to me. If we can't forgive our neighbor, how in the world can we expect Jesus to forgive us? If we can't sit there and root for a little bitty girl in third grade and not scream at some adult, what's wrong with us? And I see that here, and I've seen it all week. And I go, Lord, why are we such an angry people? You know what I think it is? We're trying to do things our own way, and when it don't work out the way we think it ought to work out, we get mad, and we're just mad people. You know why? Because we don't turn it all over to Jesus. You know what? He's going to handle it anyway. And you know, whether, whether the red jerseys win or the gold jerseys or, or whether we get the promotion or we don't, whatever whether we go to this school or that, what, it doesn't matter. Jesus is in control. And it's not going to change the world if our team doesn't win. It's not going to change the world if that referee didn't call a foul on my, that boy that's so mean. It doesn't change anything. We all got up this morning, we were still breathing. And yes, I'm excited and I love sports and I love, but guys, let's don't be so... Caught up on the little things of life, I said Thursday night in the boys about like this. It got kind of quiet in the gym. Danny was sitting by me. I said, "Danny, I wish I could get this many people excited about Jesus like this in Kaiser." I said, "We'd turn that town upside down in about three weeks. Just that much energy. Woo, woo! That much energy, man." Brother Danny gets up. Are you glad to be in God's house? Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's on the inside, brother. You see what I mean, guys? I love you. You, Yes, and listen, I'm just as guilty as you all are. I'm not saying I wasn't screaming at one of them once in a while myself last night. But you know, we just don't need to be angry. We serve a God of love, a God of peace, a God that cares, a God that we can serve that we know when our friend leaves this world like he did this week, he's with God. He's with our Savior, and someday when we give our heart to him and we close our eyes in death, we're going to be with God. And it's not going to matter if we won 95 state championships. We're going to be with Jesus, and that's going to be the important thing. But let me say it this way. Let's keep the main thing the main thing, and that's what it's about. But I see the anger here in their voice. I'm sorry, I chased a rabbit there, but I just, I just felt that was... I just seen the anger this week, and you see it here. It fits. Verse 23 Jesus comes right back at him. They Listen to me, guys. Look at the love of Jesus. Remember now, he's doing this for you. He just took a blow to the face. Whack! They slapped him. You ever get a chance to watch The Passion of Christ? Watch that through and you'll see what they... Even the high priest, even the people that preach God every week, and it'll say it here in the Scriptures, they got so angry at him when they finally said, let's take him to Pilate. It shows them walking up and slapping him back and forth. All these guys in these fancy priestly robes, whack, whack, smack, spitting in the face of Jesus. Just over and over. They'd walk up one by one. The Sanhedrin, the ruling body of the religious people, spitting in his face, spitting in his face, spitting in his face. They did not want it. And he just stood there and took it for me and you. Don't you think that he could have stopped it in one millisecond if he wanted to? Don't you think that his father was looking over this whole situation? And if you've ever watched your kids in a bad situation and you want to change it for them and you grit your teeth and you want to go punch somebody upside down, don't you think God wanted to just stop the whole thing because that was his son that was going through this and he backed off. You know why? Because of you and because of me and because of his great love for us. And guys, we ought to get on our knees and thank you for that every morning, that he would love us that much, that he would love us that much. Jesus said in verse 23, if I said something wrong, Jesus replied, Testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why, why did you strike me? What if I said it was wrong? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. I think I might have skipped over. Go back one picture. There's, there's kind of a, now this is from the Passion of Christ, but this is the, the Sanhedrin. This is how the high priest would have dressed. All this had special uh, meaning, and I wish I had time to go through it all. We will some Sunday night, but the the, the ephod here, the breastplate was all in jewels, and, and the robes and the crown and, and the staff. Everything had a a special purpose, a special uh, symbolic wherewithal about it. But these were the ruling, these were the most religious, and I use that word in, in quotes this morning. These were the most religious people in Jerusalem, and that's why I always say, guys, we are not about a religion. We're about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. A religion will get you nowhere. You can do anything religiously. You can do anything religiously. These guys were going through all the trappings of talking about God, but they never knew God. They never knew God. They never knew Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on. We're going to skip on past... Those next few verses, if you're following along in your Bible, that's the ones we talked about last Sunday night. Go to verse 28. Now the civil trial is going to start. Like I said, if you go over to Luke sometime, and we'll fill that in in the, in the, in the future sometime, but if you go over to Luke, there's there's the trial. It said there at the last verse I read, and Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas. You can see the trial of Caiaphas. Caiaphas was a high priest, and they're they're going through about the same thing. Who do you think you are? Who do you say are, you know, they've said that you, you're going to tear down the temple. And in that trial with, with Caiaphas, they brought in about three or four different people that they had paid to bring false accusation against Christ, which was totally illegal. Everything they did about these trials went totally against everything they were about. It was, it was against every rule that they would follow. You could not have any court trials or proceedings at night. You could not have, um, if, if somebody was sentenced to death, you had to wait a whole day before you actually put them to death. And they, everything was on a fast track. They sped everything up just as fast as they could go so they could just shut this guy up. And that's how, about how they thought about it. They just wanted to shut him up. So now he comes before Pilate. Go down a couple pictures, uh, uh, Russell, and then we're going to come back. Right here is kind of how it would have looked. Uh, Brother Fred gave me a a book to read this week, and I just read the front of it because we kind of knew the the end of it, but it's called The Killing of Jesus. And it it talks about uh, Herod the Great, Caesar Augustus. It talks about Pilate, and it talks about uh, Mark Anthony, all these rulers of that Roman body. And and these guys were some ruthless men. Oh, they were ruthless and vile and horrible. And it's more horrible than ever your mind could even think. Just horrible men. Abused people, abused women, abused children, uh, abused—it just and put people to death, and and they would they would you know cut their head off and just you know let them bleed in the street and they just leave them there, and they would cut limbs off and and body members off, and and it just the most terrible people you can imagine. And this was Pilate. He answered to Herod, and and this is again a rendition from a movie, but this is kind of the, they've done research and this is kind of how he would have looked. And here you see Jesus on the left, and of course this was Barabbas on the right. And, and it's going to get down to that in just a minute. But I wanted to show you that picture so you could kind of have this in your mind about maybe what it would have looked like. And it, it, this is pretty close. And the garb that he wore, and, and just he really didn't know anything about God. And remember this as we go into these scriptures. The Jews didn't, they couldn't stand Pilate and everything the Roman, the Roman government was about. And he didn't like them either. But what he did is he allowed them to do their thing because there was so many Jews that if he kind of appeased them a little bit, let them have their own church, let them have their own ruling body, the Sanhedrin, then they wouldn't cause so much trouble and it wouldn't always be this uproar all the time. So he kind of compromised. But I'm telling you, they didn't like him. And and Pilate and, and Caesar Augustus and all these guys, they spent all their time in life looking over their shoulder because they were so worried that somebody was going to kill them all the time. Matter of fact, I think it was Herod that was so, he was so crazy that he put two or three of his sons to death because he's afraid his own sons was going to kill him and take his throne. These people were out of their mind. And so this is the kind of people we're dealing with. Now let's go back to 28. Jesus before Pilate, the civil trial begins. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning. You can kind of see the day. It's starting, it's starting to get daylight, Okay. And to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. Boy, what an irony there. They were still trying to do everything just right religiously. Now, they had, they had, had eaten, they've eaten the Passover meal itself on Thursday night, okay? We're into to Friday now. But at the end of the Passover week, it was kind of like a whole celebration. At the end of this, they'd have a big dinner together. And I mean, it was like the big parting dinner because a lot of people had come from miles around and they would leave Jerusalem and go back to the little cities, Bethlehem, Nazareth, Galilee, you know, all around. And so they would leave. But they, wanted, they would not go in the palace of Pilate because they would defile themselves; They would be dirty. And so then they wouldn't be able to go eat the big dinner. But they had no trouble with making sure that Jesus got crucified. Now, you're talking about getting the cart before the horse, they had a lot of trouble going on here. They, they were so bound to the rituals that they couldn't stop for a minute and see Jesus. And guys, listen to me. At First Baptist Church Kaiser, let's never get so bound to our rituals that we forget to see Jesus Christ. You guys help me do that, and I'll help you do that. Let's never do that. Because we must see Jesus. There's a lot of churches across our country today that are so bound up in rituals and traditions and the way we used to do it and all those things, and they've just forgotten all about Jesus Christ. And guys, we should never let that happen. That's what's happening here in the Sanhedrin court. That's what's going on. They they have forsaken everything godly, and they're just sticking to what they like. And so I think that's just a sad indictment on them when they're, they're not willing to go into the palace because their hands will get dirty, but they're willing to kill the Son of God. You see the, you see the fault there? It's, it's terrible. Let's read on. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges you bring against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. See, they don't want to admit they don't know. They don't know why they want to kill him. Well, if we wouldn't have brought him to you, he's guilty. Don't, just take our word for it. They don't. Here again, they're going against all the proper procedure. They're supposed to state what's wrong. They're supposed to state the charge. They're supposed to bring witnesses to confirm that charge before anybody is charged with anything. What do they say? Just take our word for it. He's guilty. But really, they don't want to be the one that kind of taps the gavel and says guilty. They want someone else to say it so that their hands will be clean of it. And you'll see here, Pilate don't want any part of it either. If you've watched movies about Christ and the end of time, you'll see him wash his hands just several times. He's trying to wash his hands of any guilt. And here you see what's going on. Now, verse 31, Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone they objected. This is to, took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Now, we talked about this a little bit Sunday night, but let me, let me reiterate for you. The most that the Sanhedrin court could do as far as death sentence was stoning. They could stone someone. They could, they could say, all right, pick up a rock, and this happened quite a bit. If they got something against you, all of a sudden you realize you was in a corner and they just turned on you and picked up rocks and started crunching you with them. So the only thing they could do, we read that last verse there that said, um, verse 32, this took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. If you are stoned to death, you are crouched down in a corner somewhere, down low, and they're they're just barraging you with rocks. You remember what Jesus and what God planned? He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. There was no way through the stoning that Jesus was going to be lifted up. However, the main way that the Roman government brought death was crucifixion. Nailed to a cross, slid into a hole, and your whole body weight would fall in that hole and you'd just bounce on that cross with the nails ripping at your hands and feet. And he was lifted up high so people could see. But there's more than that. Since Jesus paid the price on the cross and was lifted up high, all men can see the love that Jesus has for them. And when we believe of his death, burial, and resurrection, we too can have eternal life. If I be lifted up, I'll draw everyone to me that will come. And he was lifted up and that everyone could see that Jesus died for them so that no man is with excuse. No man. Someday, folks, there's going to be two lines. There's going to be the line that has accepted Christ. There's going to be the line that has not accepted Christ. This line here, this line will already be in heaven when we're raptured. This line here will stand before the great white throne judgment and they will have to give account why they denied Christ and they will be without excuse because Jesus has been lifted up. He died on the cross for you. Everyone in this room this morning, I don't, I don't want you to go out of here not knowing. He died on this cross for you. His hands were nailed. His feet were nailed. But the reason that he did this was to pay the price. He was perfect. We are imperfect. He paid the price for all the sins that we would ever commit way back and way in the forward. And Jesus died so that your sins, as we studied about Sunday night, He took our sins and He nailed them to the cross and He marked them paid in full. And all that will accept, He'll pay your bill. And you too can have eternal life in Jesus Christ. It's not complicated. You don't have to stand on one arm, do five push-ups. You just believe that God is the one and only God. You believe that Jesus Christ is a Son of God that was the perfect sacrifice for your sins. And you believe that he's coming again. You believe that he can save you. And the Bible says you can and will be saved. That's what it's about. And then you let him take your life and show you how to live. Do you live perfectly? Sadly, no but you live in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You live in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When we do get out of line, he brings us back in close with Jesus. And he shows us how to walk. He shows us how to go about life. And when we fall flat on our face, we get on our knees, we say, Lord, forgive me. He forgives you of that like a father forgives a son or a daughter. And he picks you back up with both arms. He sets you back on the path. And you just keep on walking. And you keep on running that race. And you keep on fighting that good fight. And someday, like James Center, you can stand before him and say, Hello, Lord. And he'll say, Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. And we're all looking forward to that, to know Jesus Christ. And if you don't this morning, you can before you leave this building. You can know it right now. If you want to get up right now and come down here, we'll stop and tell you about Jesus. The time for waiting is over. It's time. It's time to come to know Jesus as Savior. What power in these words. Just reading a simple trial... Maybe a trial you've read before. Maybe you've never read these scriptures before. But the power that we can see of God working through Jesus and working for our salvation is amazing to me. It's amazing to me as we look at this this morning. Let's read a little further, and I'm going to finish. Verse 33, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is this your own ideal, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? You see, he's even trying to get Pilate to decide for himself. It's all about us all deciding for ourselves. He didn't want Pilate to be told that I I was the king of Jews. He didn't want Pilate to be told he was guilty. He wanted Pilate to decide for himself. And today, Jesus Christ, in this service right now, he wants you to decide for yourself, do you believe in Jesus or not? He wants you to decide. I can't decide for you. You can't decide for me. You've got to decide for yourself. And then Pilate, he kind of retorts back, am I a Jew? Your own people and chief priests hand you over to me. What is, it, what is it you have done? He just kind of real flippantly, am I a Jew? I don't know nothing about you. He don't want to know nothing about him. Because he's already feeling conviction. I really believe it. Let's read some more and you'll see what I mean. Verse 36, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest, but the Jewish leaders, by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Why did I come into the world? The truth. The truth is the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus came to die for you and me. And everyone that listens to the truth listens to me. Isn't that something? What is truth, Pilate says. What is truth? You don't know what truth is. Maybe he said it with a little snicker. What is truth? Maybe he said it with deep searching. What is truth? I see, I see the Holy Spirit working here. I mean, the Lord's right there with him. How can he not be working, you know? And even this old cold-hearted guy we've seen, bald head and everything standing there in all his garb, he's sitting there and, he man, this is, this is dealing with his brain. He don't know what to think. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered them, and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Give us the criminal. Give us that fun time in my life. Give me that time when I used to live in sin. I like that much better than Jesus Christ. Man, I come to church and I just can't stand church very long. It just gets, I don't know. I just, it's not, it's boring. Give me something else. It's not exciting. It's too convicting. Makes me think about things I don't want to think about. Give me, give me Barabbas. Give me something else, but don't give me Jesus. And folks today, sadly, this world of ours is crying for Barabbas. Give me Barabbas. Give me something else. I don't want to mess with this. It's too hard. Yeah. It's not easy. But you know who does it all for you? Jesus Christ. I guarantee you, go out there and fight this old world. Go out there and find Barabbas. Barabbas ain't going to do nothing for you. Barabbas ain't going to bail you out. He ain't going to forgive your sins. He's not going to get you into heaven when you die. Only Jesus Christ. No other name under heaven by by one must be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. Give us Barabbas. Give me my old way of life. Give me my old way. I want them old days. I want Barabbas. I don't want Jesus. That's what we're saying, guys. And from the pulpit on down every week, we say that a time or two in our life during the week. Give me Barabbas. I don't want Jesus. You know who Barabbas is? Give me me. Take care of me. Take care of my needs. My needs are number one. If I follow Jesus, it's all about dying to self. I don't want to do that. But I'm telling you, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. I'm just going to step over into chapter 19, then I'm going to show you something, and we're going to close. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. They could not find anything wrong with Jesus, but he was just eating it all of them. The conviction was so great. It was eating at him, and all they could think was get rid of him. Pilate didn't want to pronounce him guilty. The Sanhedrin court surely didn't want the blood on their hands because they were perfect, by the way. They thought they were. So Pilate thought he would take the easy way out. I'll whip him. I'll make a spectacle out of him, and then I'll just send him on back to them, let them deal with him. And this is what happened. the <laughs> other end never feel you up have you I'm not. non posso! Resistenza sua no. incredibile! Forza ne flagello. pace, no? Mutate il flagello! Ho con No! Canon! O sono di scuoti Prova e Quale? mi sto a fare? Dibbi Gusta! Gusta! Ah. Qui <ride> e ti <mentre> la magna! <ride> <ride> Thank <laughs> you. bow your head with me you may be sitting there this morning thinking nobody loves you I just showed you proof that there is someone that loves you and when he stood that last time he stood for you and me I don't think I've given up much for him Dear Father, when we come to you this morning. We realize that this is just a reenactment. But Lord, we also read and we know how vicious the people were of the Roman soldiers. We know that they whipped very much like this. They enjoyed inflicting pain. And we know that your scripture tells us that Jesus was beaten so badly you couldn't even recognize he was a man Lord our hearts this morning just sigh a collective thank you thank you for taking our punishment and our sins thank you for loving us so greatly and Lord forgive me when I don't love you that much back Lord, help us to realize the price that was paid for our salvation. Lord, help us to realize this is not a kid's fairy tale. This is about a man that give up so much so that we may be saved. And I pray that there's anyone in this room today that's never given you their life, today would be that day. Oh, Lord, maybe there's many in this room that are just kind of lukewarm anymore. They can kind of take you or leave you. And, Lord, help help rekindle the fire for our passion for you because you loved us so much. Lord, just speak to hearts this morning. In this silence, with no music, you just listen to Jesus.